We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. All right, we're going three, two, one. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. The Chicago Bears are now two and one following a win over the Houston Texans, a comeback win late in the fourth quarter as the Bears pull off the win at home. They're now 2-1 and one on the season, and now upcoming is a trip to New York for a date against the New York Giants. We're going to break down the game against the Houston Texans. We're going to preview the game against the New York Giants. Before we get into all that, though, let me bring in my co-host, Aaron Lemming. And Aaron, we sit here. It's week four. The Bears are 2-1. and one. The run game is really good. They have a defense that keep them in a lot of games and even win them games. But they have a passing attack that really needs to get going. And two and one is two and one, though. So it's kind of hard to complain about everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those, I think, you know, I don't know how you how you felt coming coming out of that game on on Sunday, but that felt like a John Fox special to me. It was one of those like, you know, it's like, yeah, they won, and yeah, you you know, and especially in a rebuilding year, you should be happy. But it's just I I, I think what a lot of this comes down to is, you know, I, I think that we all knew the offense was going to be rough, but I don't think that any of us expected Justin Fields to take a step back. And like it or not, that's exactly what's happened. And, you know, I, I, I know that, especially, you know, Twitter and social media, you can't have a balanced reaction. It's got to be, it's black and white. It's got to be one extreme or the other. You either think Justin Fields is going to be the guy no matter what, or you, you know, or you think that, you know, he's, he's already a failure and there's nothing that can be done. And I think that the most balanced approach and the most objective approach right now is to say like, Justin Fields has been really bad. Like he's had one good half of football and that was in week one. He was terrible against the Packers. He was even worse this last week. There's cause for concern, but that doesn't mean that the book is written on him yet. And I think that, you know, understanding that, yeah, he's been really bad, uh, but also understanding that there's still 14 games left to go in the season and it's year two. It's just, I, I think it brings a lot of conflicting feelings for fans because, you know, the Bears have been a team that 
again, have, have not had a lot of good, you know, good quarterback stories come out, a lot of good, you know, success come out of the quarterback position. And in some ways, again, it's just, you know, it's, it's still early on, but in some ways it feels like we're heading down the same exact road that we've seen this team head down too many times before. Yeah. You know, I, I said two and one is two and one. That's true. But also at the same time, you're right. I mean, this passing game is really struggling. They're averaging 97 yards um, passing per game. Fields was worse than what he was in Green Bay. He was really bad in that first half against San Francisco. It's just, it's not where we wanted it to be. And, and if you paid attention all offseason, myself and, and plenty others were at training camp, um, OTAs, minicamp, said this offense is struggling. Justin Fields, I mean, there was a day, what, and it was April or May where we said Justin Fields had a terrible, terrible, terrible day. And the second we said that, everyone on Twitter, oh, you're being too negative. Oh, you're this, you're that. You don't want them to succeed. No, they were being bad. I want this team to succeed. The narrative out there that that we want that the media wants this team to be bad is so foolish. We don't make as much money when the team is bad. That doesn't drive clicks. Winning drives clicks. The best year I've had with the website is 2018 when the Bears won. It's the most fun year, it's the most profitable year, all of that. It's not when they lose. So you know, yes, they are struggling. Um, they were struggling all offseason, but that doesn't mean that we're writing them off right away. I mean, there's still 14 games this season. He just made what is 13th or 14th start professionally. He's technically still in a quote unquote rookie year. It's just right now it's not there and we're not seeing it. And there's not a lot of encouragement from the play so far in the three games this season to say, okay, yeah, he's for sure going to turn this around. Now, I hope he does turn it around. I think he'll turn it around. I really hope so. But what has he shown this year so far they will turn it around? I mean, he's, he's missing throws that NFL quarterbacks make. I mean, the backups make the throws that he was missing on Sunday. So, you know, I, I still think there is plenty of time for him to do this. But he's got to come out and have one of those big games. He's got to have one of those games where, you know, he throws for 250 yards. He's not missing throws you know he's going through his reads he's not tucking the ball and running and he's actually making those throws that's what i kind of need to see i don't need to see it in week one you know in just one week i need to see it stacked consistently as we move forward well and i think you know when you when you look at the offense it's again it's it's one of those things where everybody wants to blame one thing right and and the reality of it is is Really, the only thing that has gone right for the Bears offense so far is the fact that they are one of the best rushing football teams in the league right now. I mean, they're top, I, I think they're the the second best in terms of like yards, uh, rushing yards per game. And I mean, quite frankly, I mean, they've leaned very heavily on it, rightfully so. But, you know, obviously feels as look, especially these last two weeks. I mean, he, I mean, there's just no other way to put it. I mean, he's missing receivers wide open down the middle of the field. Uh, I don't think he's getting through his progressions well. I don't really think he's really either. I, I don't know if he's not understanding what he's seeing in front of him or if he's not trusting what he's seeing in front of him. One of the two, I would guess, trusting is probably the better the better generalization there. But, you know, the reality of it is, is that, you know, he's been sacked 10 times this year. And I know a lot of people want to say, hey, man, the offensive line has been terrible. But realistically, it, it hasn't been that bad. Now, is it a good offensive line? No. Uh, I think their two tackles are the biggest question marks there. I really don't like this rotation they've got going with Lu Lucas Patrick and, and Tevin Jenkins because <clears throat> at least by the numbers and by the eye test so far, 
Tevin Jenkins has been their best offensive lineman. I think him and Cody Whitehair have been right up there, both interior guys. But, you know, when you look at it, I would say I would say at least half those sacks that Justin Fields has taken so far has been on him. And kind of like you pointed out, it's 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 one of those you're watching these games and especially when you get the all 22 afterwards and you start watching that. And it's like, again, man, there are guys streaking wide open down the middle of the field and he's not finding them. And, you know, the the decisions are late. He had those two really horrific interceptions. His accuracy was off. His footwork's been a mess lately. Um, You know, even with some of these sacks he's taking, he, he doesn't know, I shouldn't say he doesn't know, he's not moving up into the pocket. And I think that that is a huge concern because his pocket awareness has somehow gotten worse. And that was one of his biggest knocks coming out of college is the fact that he's never really been able to manipulate a pocket. And there's been multiple times where he's either taking hits or taking sacks when all he's got to do is step up in the pocket and he either panics and you know takes off out the back or he stands deep in the pocket and takes a sack. So Again, it's it's still it's not super early. I, I'm not going to play this, you know, because I, I I've talked to a few different people. And I know you have too, Zach, where they feel it's disingenuous to say that this is year two for Justin Fields. I don't think that's the case at all because the reality of it is, is most rookie quarterbacks don't start a full 16 or 17 game slate. That's just the way it is, and the reality of it is, is Justin Fields got in, um, you know, in the, in the second half of game two and then obviously had some injuries. But, I mean, he had a full year, of basically a full year preparation as the starter last year. I understand it's a new system. I understand it's a new regime. I understand all that. But at the same time, if you look at a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars right now who are in a very similar situation to the Bears, what's Trevor Lawrence doing right now? Trevor Lawrence looks great. Jacksonville Jaguars look great. Obviously, they had a lot more money. They had a lot more resources to spend. But again, every single excuse that is being used right now, there is something valid to be able to combat that. And again, that's not to say that Justin Fields is doomed, but what it is to say is that through three games this season, he has done nothing to show me that he is the future quarterback of this team moving forward. And I think that the other thing is, and again, obviously there's still 14 games left to go. God willing, he won't get hurt. He'll get better will be feeling a lot better here within the next three or four weeks or whatever it is. There's still a lot of season left to be played, but all we can do is go off of what we see right now. And the reality of it is, and we talked about this multiple times on the podcast where we were told by many people, many fans, Oh, Ryan Poles did enough. You just have to trust Ryan Poles. You just have to trust the guy that none of us knew anything about before January. We just got to trust that guy because he's the bears general manager. Well, I've got news for you. Look at what he's done so far in terms of additions um, this offseason. I get it. Lack of resources, whatever. Byron Pringle has been non-existent. Now he's on IR for at least the next four weeks. They decided to go two defensive players in the second round. I'm not going to knock Kyler Gordon. He's a rookie corner. I mean, he's he's playing both nickel and outside. It is what it is. I think he's going to be fine. Jaquan Brisker has been really good. They spend a, you know, a third-round pick on a receiver that most people have projected as a fifth- or sixth-round pick in Bayless Jones Jr., who was already you know, on the older side for a rookie, hasn't played a game yet this season. Right? You look at the offensive line, their one guy, Lucas Patrick, that they, that, you know, that they actually made a move for, breaks his hand, hasn't been on the snap ball, quite frankly, to me, hasn't looked that good at guard so far. Um, you know, it's like you start looking around, and it's like, okay, Braxton Jones, We'll see. I, I, I just I, I think it's it's a really big ask to to ask a fifth round rookie 
coming out of a small school um, that really struggled with technique all throughout college um, to step in and be the starting left tackle. But yeah, here we are. But again, like it, you know, there was a lot of people this off season who, who wanted to believe that everything was going to be fine, that this was all part of the plan, so on and so forth. But then as Justin Fields has struggled through these first three games, as a lot of us have been yelling, like, hey, 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 this is a really bad-looking offense as a whole. The receivers are terrible. Their offensive line looks like it's in shambles. Nothing is proven. This does not look good. And everybody want to lean on the coach, and they want to lean on trusting Ryan Poles. But then all of a sudden, three games into the season, all of a sudden it's, well, they don't have enough weapons. They don't have a good offensive line. When in reality, their offensive line has actually performed considerably better than I think anybody would have expected at this point. Yeah, the receivers are a mess. But at the same time, again, it's like it's a culmination of things where you can't just blame one thing or another. I don't even think the play calling has been that good. I think Luke Getze is showing that he's never been an offensive coordinator who's played called plays before. So I think that you're seeing a culmination of different things. But again, if you've listened to the podcast, if you if you've read the stuff that we've written or even tweeted about, this is all concerns that we had in the offseason. This is all concerns that you voiced during training camp watching this offense and we're seeing it come to fruition and people are surprised by it. And that's that's the, the one thing where it's like you can't have it both ways. It's either one or the other. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, you know, I agree with that. And it does go back to not helping Justin Fields fully this year. And, you know, you talk about Brian Pringle was now an IR. Villas Jones has yet to play. I don't think he'll play this week. I don't I don't know. They haven't practiced yet. Um, I'd lean towards probably no at this moment. But it's like then you go you wheel out an offensive line with a rookie left tackle. And that's not to say that Braxton Jones can't be good. He's gonna take his lumps. Um you split reps with Lucas Patrick and Tevin Jenkins at guard. You continue to try out Sam Mustafer's really struggled. Lori Borum struggled out there at right tackle. And as bad as Justin Fields has played, I mean, I don't think the line has been great. I don't think it's been awful. It's just been inconsistent to me. They'll have a couple of good strings of plays and they'll have a couple of really bad strings of plays. And, and I feel like, you know, right now for a quarterback like Justin Fields, who is trying to develop and learn, he does need better weapons around him. And that includes Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet getting going. I mean, those two have just been non-existent for the first three games. It's, it's really disappointing. Their best wide receiver has been in Columbia St. Brown. It's not even close. So, yeah, I mean, you got to help fields there. And you also have to kind of find that balance of, you know, you want to win games. You also want him to develop. 
you know, how do you kind of look at your team and, 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 you know, maybe go with a more passing game plan to help Justin Fields develop while risking the chance to win. I, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those weird situations, but I do know one thing. I mean, the bears run game is really damn good. Whether it's Khalil Herbert or David Montgomery has been fantastic this year. And we saw that again on Sunday when Montgomery went down in the first half and then you watch Khalil Herbert rally off what 157 yards on the ground. They finished with like 280 something as a team. They're really good on the ground. And I think that can like carry you so far. Um, I do think you need to have a balance. At some point, you're going to have to throw the ball down the field and open things up. But it just kind of feels like classic old-school Chicago Bears football. A good enough defense to keep you in games and even win you some. A really damn good run game. And, you know, that's nothing to be disappointed in. It's just you kind of need that other element in there as well if you want to achieve your goals and, and be a legit playoff contender. But, yeah, man, this run game is something we should probably talk about. I mean, it, it, finding Cleo Herbert and what was he like? A, was he a fifth round pick, I believe, two years ago? Or was Either he a fifth or sixth round pick? I can't remember. He was a day three pick. Day three. Yeah. yeah. And to be able to find a running back like that to compliment, you know, David Montgomery has been has been huge for the Bears. And and I really liked what I saw from Herbert. We don't, we'll have to wait and see for Montgomery. He's day to day. But I mean, if Montgomery has to miss some games, it's not like you're going to a backup that has no experience. You're going to a backup who started four games last year was one of the best rushers in the NFL during that four-game span, and then now is coming off another big performance from week three and had a had a big performance in week one as well. Yeah, well, and I just looked. He he, he was a six-round pick last year. So, yeah, it, it's it, – you know, I, I we've talked a, a decent amount about it. And, again, I, I like David Montgomery. I think David Montgomery is a good back. I don't think he's – a top tier back, but frankly, in, in, in today's NFL, I don't really know that you need that. I mean, if you look at some of the, you know, the best backs out in the NFL right now and, you know, you look at the records, I mean, it's not, it's not an indicative of, you know, an elite playoff team by any means, right? It's just the running back position has been devalued, but I think that that kind of goes into why pay a running back a second contract, especially again, David Montgomery is a good running back. He's not a great running back. I don't know that it makes a ton of sense for them to pay him next year. I know he's a leader and all that, but yeah. And I, and I think what you're seeing right now is you're seeing that from an offensive perspective and from a, you know, even the offensive line, you have a good baseline of they can run the ball, man. They're one of the best running teams in all of football. And it's not just because they're garnering a ton of yards. It's because even their, you know, their, uh, you know, yards per carry is up there as well. I mean, they've been efficient when they run the ball. And, you know, we, we saw uh, Khalil Herbert be the better runner in week one. David Montgomery had a big week two. Uh, Khalil Herbert follows that up in week three with a massive week. And if you go back and you look at the games that he's actually been the starting running back in, he has been extremely productive. Uh, honestly, it's funny because, I, you know, my girlfriend's a Browns fan, so we watch – I mean, she watches every Browns game. I'll watch the Browns games that aren't playing at the same time as the Bears. And – he reminds Khalil Herbert reminds me a little bit, maybe not quite as dynamic, but his running style and his, you know, his physicality reminds me a lot of Nick Chubb. And obviously that's, that's, you know, a pretty lofty, lofty goal. You know, Nick Chubb is one of the better running backs in the league, but he has that same type of style. I mean, he's a physical guy. He's got some bursts. He's got some speed when he gets into open space. I think the thing that I like most about Herbert is the fact that he's so decisive as a runner, and that's something I think that David Montgomery has struggled with at times. So, 
you know, I, I think the big thing with a guy like Herbert is he needs to get better as a pass catcher. He needs to get better as a pass blocker. And I think that that will come with time, but yeah, man, I mean, this running game has been really good. Um, I know that Matt Eberflus uh, on uh, Sunday had basically said that they felt pretty good about David Montgomery's injury and basically called him day to day and kind of reiterated that yesterday. I, I don't know, man, looking at that injury, looking at the way that he, how quickly he was ruled out of that game. Um, I think that we're going to be looking at Herbert for at least the next few weeks. I mean, obviously the bears don't have a bye week until week 14. So I think we're going to be seeing quite a bit of Khalil Herbert. Um, I'm definitely kind of interested to see if uh, Tristan Ebner can get any more going because quite frankly, I didn't think he looked very outside of the one preseason game. I don't really think he's looked that good as a runner. Um, Obviously he's got some bursts. Uh, when he gets into the open field. But I, I think in terms of him actually making the moves to get in the open field, I think that's a bigger question. But, yeah, I mean, the Bears have clearly hitched their entire offensive wagon to the run game, which is nothing wrong with that because, I mean, again, it, it, we're, we're, we're going into week four. There's a lot of time left. Justin Fields has all the talent in the world. The dude's got the arm. The dude's got the athletic ability. He's got the ability to make throws that not many guys in this league can do. That's, I think that that is the main thing that you can hang your hat on right now with a guy like Justin Fields to say, hey, he's got a chance until they give up on him for that reason because of all the tools that he has. And I think that one team that might not be a bad blueprint, I know everybody's kind of been pointing to Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen, I think the one team that might actually be a better blueprint for him would be uh, the Ravens with Lamar Jackson early on in his career when he's still kind of figuring out the passing part of everything where he was running for, you know, obviously he's a more dynamic runner than Justin Fields overall, but Justin Fields has still got a lot of athleticism. They also relied heavily on that run game. I mean, there were multiple games where Lamar Jackson had very similar in terms of yardage. I, won't, I, I I couldn't tell you on, you know, in terms of like interceptions or, you know, uh, completion percentage, stuff like that. But there were many games that Lamar Jackson had over, you know, in his, his rookie year where he had pretty similar numbers to what Justin Fields is putting up in terms of passing yards. And they leaned on that run game heavily. Obviously, you know, the, the Ravens had a more established roster and they had a better, more established defense. But I think in terms of offensive blueprint, it seems like that's something that the Bears are looking for. Now, again, the, the, the pass needs to help the run, and I don't think that's happened so far, but I think a lot of that is also trying to figure out the concepts that are going to work best for Justin Fields. And frankly, I think as we're seeing, um, they've, they've got to get less predictable with these play-action fakes and these rollouts because, the, again, that's something that the run game should be helping. That's also something that Justin Fields' legs should be helping. So – Hopefully Luke Getze can find a way to use a powerful run game and a dominant run game and start working that better in with the pass. Cause ultimately they can be a run first team. We all expected them to be a run first team. I figure they're going to be right around 53 to 55% run. There's nothing wrong with that. And obviously the passing number is a little bit skewed because of Justin Fields scrambling, but I do think that at some point in time, they need to find better balance. And I think the main reason why they have to find better balance is because they have to get Justin Fields in a better rhythm and they have to use a running game to do that. And I think that that is where the match point is going to be. That's what they have to figure out how to do to use the strength of the run game to help the passing. Yeah, because you're going to get to a situation later on the season where the bears are, you know, in the playoff race or whatever, or not where you're going to become so one dimensional that teams are just going to stack the box and try to stop the run and force Justin Fields to, to beat you. And you don't want to get into that situation 
you know, as an NFL team and, and with a young quarterback, a, a quarterback that you think is your future, because that tells you that, okay, he's not your future. He can't beat you with the, with the passing game, um, et cetera. So you have to find that right balance to use the run to help your quarterback. And like you said, I mean, they told us they're going to be pretty much a run first team this year. I mean, it, it, it was, it was right there. We, we should all have expected this. I just didn't think it'd be to this degree where they're really struggling this bad to throw the football. I thought they could still be a run first team, but also have a really good passing attack. And, you know, that just hasn't, you know, been the case. And it's been almost too much leaning on the run. And like I said, going the season goes on, that's going to be tough to do more and more. I mean, you know, you could be a really damn good running team, but eventually you're going to have to beat a team through the air. You're going to have to make throws through the air to, to, to beat teams. And, you know, whether that, that comes up soon or down the line, we'll have to kind of keep an eye on it. Speaking of upcoming games, though, before we get into our preview of, of the New York Giants, we have to tell our listeners about Odds Trader. Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. If you're into betting, want to bet college football, NFL, MLB is going down the stretch wire right now. Soon we'll be able to bet the World Cup, NHL, and the NBA. They'll return soon. You want all the odds, all the best deals in one spot, and that spot is Odds Trader. You can compare the different sign-up codes, promotions from all sports books to get the best deal out there to help you. If you're looking for those best odds, you're looking for those sign-up bonuses, which you want to take advantage of, Odds Trader is here to help you on that. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, projected game day weather, injury reports, and more for betters as they get, look to, to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bonus tool, which is called the Bet Tracker, which helps bettors keep track of their records and their games of all their betting activity. It, it's a great tool to use and instead of you know having to scramble or check for all your bets. You can just check in one spot with the Bet Tracker. Once again, go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. OddsTrader.com slash BlueWire. OddsTrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. As we look here in week four, Aaron, um, the New York Giants. The Bears go on the road. They take on the New York Giants, a 2-1 and one Giants team who just dropped their first loss of the season on Monday Night Football to the Dallas Cowboys. And they're another one of those teams that, that looks like they're a run-heavy team. And I think they were fifth in the NFL in, in total rushing yards per game going into this game now. And it's going to be a matchup of, you know, which team will run the ball better, which team can get pressure on the quarterback, and which quarterback will make the best plays. And, and watching that game last night, I noticed two things right off the bat. I think you're going to agree with me. The Bears should be able to run the football all over this Giants defense. The Bears also should be able to get pressure on Daniel Jones. I think he was pressured like 24, 25 times in that game against Dallas. So it could be a big game for the Bears in the trenches. And if, if they do that, it should be 3-1 and one coming out of, uh, of week four. Yeah, no, I, I agree on both points. I mean, yeah, the, the the Giants came in one of the worst teams against the run, much like uh, the Texans this last week. And obviously we, we saw what the Bears did to the Texans on the ground. And then, yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones was getting absolutely destroyed back there. And I, I think that's also kind of something to keep in mind because the Giants are coming off of a short week. Um, unfortunately for, you know, OU alum Sterling Shepard, uh, he's, he's gone for the year again. And I mean, that's, that's unfortunate. And they, they've got their own injuries. I mean, Kadarius Tony has been in and out with a, I think a hamstring injury. And then, uh, Wandale Robinson's another guy that, uh, was actually taken right around the, the time that, uh, um, 
and why uh, Bayless Jones Jr. and and he was out this last week. And usually when you see guys miss, you know, a game on an extended week and then, you know, they had turn around and have a short week, there's, <clears throat> you know, it's always kind of a debate whether or not these guys are going to be ready to go. So, yeah, I think, you know, again, obviously there's no, there is no team on the Bears schedule that is a guaranteed win. But I do think that when you're looking at this game, much like last week, this is a winnable game for the Bears. This is also a winnable game for the Giants. But I think, you know, obviously we don't cover the Giants. We're not doing a Giants podcast. So, you know, you, you take the other side of this, which would be the Bears. And I think, and I said this going in, I, I said this going in, I, I think I even, I, I might've, I even mentioned it on Twitter within an article that basically said I wasn't going into that Monday night game. I was not buying, the Giants 2-0 start, right? You know, you, you look at a team like the Texans from last week where every single one of their losses, or I, well, I guess they only have two losses and then they have the one tie, but every single one of their games has been super close and they've just kind of drawn the short end of the stick in terms of luck. I mean, they could have very easily have won that game against the Bears last week, right? And I feel like the Giants are on the exact opposite end of that spectrum where their first two wins of the season were – relatively fortunate wins. I mean, let's be honest. They barely beat the Titans in the last few minutes of the game. Um, and then, you know, the next week after that, they barely won that game as well. So it's kind of one of those situations where you've got two teams in pretty similar spaces if you really look at it. Both teams have a new GM, a new coaching staff. They both kind of tore down the rosters. Now, I know ESPN wanted last night on the broadcast wanted to make it seem like the Giants had this massive teardown. And quite frankly, I don't know how you can say that if you if you just simply look at the amount of guys and the amount of impact guys that both teams cut and the amount of dead cap space that both teams have. I mean, the Bears had a much, much more extensive teardown. But I think in a lot of other ways, they're very similar. They're, they're, they're both franchises that have, you know, obviously the, the Giants have been in a much worse spot than the Bears over the last few years, um, but they're both, you know, franchises that are kind of looking to hit that reset button, that are looking to build something new, uh, that have questions, you know, on the defense side of the ball, that have questions on the offense side of the ball. I think, you know, the Giants' offensive line has got, I would say, probably a little bit more upside than the Bears' offensive line right now, just purely based on the amount of draft picks, high-round draft picks that they've thrown in. But I think when you look at the quarterback situation, I think it's, you know, relatively similar in the fact that Daniel Jones is going into year four right now, and there's no inkling what one way or another whether he's going to be their long long-term answer and then obviously Justin Fields is in year two and and is for as much as we want him to be the long-term answer we still don't have a definitive answer on that as well so yeah I, I think that this is a very similar looking matchup um, to what we saw last week I think really what you're seeing I think if you look at the standings right now there's not a lot of uh, you know winless teams and there's not a lot of undefeated teams right now um, there's a lot of teams sitting there at that two and one one and two stretch and I know obviously to a certain extent, the math is just going to have that happen. But more, you know, this year than the last few years, there is much less undefeated and winless teams than there has been in the years past. So I think that kind of goes to show you that, you know, the Bears and the Giants sitting at two and one, quite frankly, probably aren't a true two and one team at this point in the season. But one of these teams, barring a tie, one of these teams is going to go to three and one. One of these teams is going to go to two and two. And, you know, obviously uh, I, I do feel like, the NFC East may be a little bit more open, um, at least in terms of, you know, like a wild card spot. I think the, the NFC North is definitely a little tougher. I mean, the Lions are one and two and they've been playing really good football. And then the Vikings as well have been playing good at two and one. So, you know, and if you're 
if you're looking at like maybe a you know an, a, a 2021 Eagles type season where you know a lot of people had them projected as anywhere from like a three to six win team, and you're kind of looking for that one team to kind of surprise people, I think that these are probably two teams that you could put in that group. Again, I don't, I'm not saying either one of them going to do it, but I think that getting off to a three and one start for either one of these teams lends them a considerable amount of rope over the next few weeks, especially when you look at the Bears' schedule. I mean, they've got some very winnable games coming up. The second half of their schedule is looking a lot tougher um, than it did originally, but they got a lot of winnable games coming up in this this first half of the, the season. And you get to three and one, and that offense starts to play a little bit better. I think uh, I think everybody's going to be feeling a lot better. But yeah, I think this is a very evenly matched up uh, or evenly matched uh, matchup for both of these teams and. It's definitely going to be interesting to see kind of how it plays out. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, no, and, and if you're into the betting odds and all that stuff, you look at this game and you see the Giants, you know, are two, two and a half point favorites in this game and, and the home team usually gets three points. So essentially it's a pick them. And that's what Vegas thinks of these teams. I think it's going to be a toss up game. Um, you know, it's going to be a close game. And, and these two teams are kind of very similar with how things have gone so far this season. Um, you know, I, I do think the advantage here might be the Bears run game. Um, I do think just watching how the Cowboys attacked that Giants defense using both Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott was a good game plan. I mean, Cooper Rush had a heck of a game, so you have to give him credit as well. But the Cowboys did get it done on the ground, and they also got pressure on Daniel Jones, and that's kind of one of those things. I mean, I, I almost felt bad for Daniel Jones last night watching that because you could tell he can make some plays with time. He just had no time at all, and he – was getting the ball, looking at his first read, and then it was pretty much, okay, scramble time because, you know, here's uh, Micah Parsons or here's uh, um, Lawrence in the backfield, and, you know, here comes that Cowboys pass rush, and he's going to get hit. So if the Bears could do that, I think they could have a big game there in, in the trenches and, and come away with a road win. And then you look on the schedule a little bit, you got Minnesota, um, you have Washington, you, you have New England coming up, you have Dallas. Those are some very winnable games for the Bears coming up, but they got to take it week by week, and they have to look at week four here. They have to look at the New York Giants. It's a road game. They're 0-1 on the road so far, 2-0 at home. Can they go get an NFC win? Can they go get a road game win here and move to 3-1? and And it's an opponent that, you know, like you said, it's coming off a short week. They're going to be tested as well. I mean, they're kind of – that offensive line has to be embarrassed with how they performed. That rush defense has to be, you know, a little embarrassed with how they performed. 
And will this be a game where Justin Fields kind of turns things around and, and, you know, the Bears attack down the field for the passing game? It'd be a good start here to do that here in, in week four. Before we wrap things up, though, Aaron, we should probably get into our prediction and X factor um, for this week. I'll let you go first with a prediction and then an X factor um, between the Bears and Giants. Yeah, so for the prediction, I'm going to go ahead and go – I'm going to go uh... – 24-20 Bears. I, I know it seems like all of our predictions have been like somewhere in that general vicinity for almost every single game this year. But yeah, I, I think I think that the teams are pretty evenly matched. Um, ultimately, I do think that the Bears, you know, the Bears have usually had the Giants number. I mean, they I think they're like 36-24-2 against the Giants all time. And, it, you know, they've won the last three meetings. I'm still not buying into, you know, what, what the Giants are doing. And I think a lot of what the Bears, you know, the games that the Bears will win and lose this year are going to come down to stylistic matchups. And I think that this is the type of stylistic matchup that gives the Bears the best chance to win. Um, so I'm going to go 24-20 Bears. Uh, I think as far as my X factor goes, it's going to be kind of a, a, you know, a feed-in of two different things here. The run game obviously needs to go. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing with the run game, though, is they have to limit the turnovers. I, I feel like had Justin Fields not turned the ball over twice last week, had they actually truly you know, won the turnover battle, I don't think that game is as close as it was. I think people tend to forget the Bears jumped up 10 to nothing. The Bears dominated the first part of that game. It looked like the Bears were going to run away with that game. And then all of a sudden things kind of flipped, you know, and, and I, I think that, you know, the, the turnovers definitely had a part of it. Obviously the bears got the last laugh with that, uh, that interception of Roquan, inter- uh, Roquan Smith interception at the end of the game. But I think in order for the bears to win this game, they've got to consistently run the ball. I'd say 150 to 200 yards again is probably going to be right in that sweet spot. And then, you know, again, they got to limit those turnovers. It would be nice to see Justin Fields, even if he throws for 150 yards, and his completion percentage is 55, 60%. And even if he only has like one touchdown or something like really pedestrian numbers, if he doesn't turn the ball over, that would be huge for the bears. Yeah. It just kind of feels like the bears are one of those teams where it's going to be a lot of 23, 20, 24, 20, 2017 games. I feel like that's all we've predicted so far um, to the first three games, but yeah, I'm with you on this. I'm going to go um, bears 20, Giants 16. I think the Bears are the better team. I think they'll use that run game to their advantage. I think um, they'll, they'll have a good day defensively against the Giants and kind of create pressures on Daniel Jones, force them into difficult decisions and difficult throws. And that's going to be the recipe to success you know, for the Bears this season so far, and it will be moving forward. My X factor, I'm going to go with um, the Bears secondary in this one. I think you know, if they're without Jalen Johnson, we're going to see Jalen Jones again. We're going to see Kendall Vilder. We're going to see Kyler Gordon. Kyler Gordon's really struggled to give up the most passing yards in the NFL so far this year among all defensive backs. I like to see the secondary, specifically those three guys have a good game. I think we know what we're going to get from Brisker and Eddie Jackson. Let's see what the other, what the other three got um, if Jalen Johnson doesn't play. And the secondary comes to play and they make life difficult on, on Daniel Jones. It could be, could be some big plays and, and some opportunities for turnover. So, yeah, I'm going to go Bears, uh, what did I say, 20 to 16 um, Bears, and then my X-Factor is the secondary. Um, yeah, and then Aaron, where can uh, everyone follow you on Twitter at? Yeah, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL on Twitter, and you can read my work at thebearreport.com. Bearreport at Bear, or you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at just Bear Report. I'm struggling today, folks. I'm a little under the weather, so I'm struggling a little bit. But um, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. 
You can read all of our work on the Bear Report. Please rate, review, and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. Help this podcast as well as picks for polls. And until next week, everyone, please stay safe. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com